you're going to say that I'm on a high horse, but I think that my horse is regular size. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords. Where are these things coming from? The actual play podcast of high adventure, low dice rolls and intermediate levels of... Oh, you made me forget. Exceedingly bad puns. Yeah! <laughs> Intermediate levels of mediocre puns. Oh, I'm going to get edited out. Brutal. I mean, not completely. Unless you just don't upload your uh, track. Yeah, you're more likely to edit yourself out, historically speaking. That comes from the song Anything But Me by Muna, which is I'm not aware one of, of my favourite albums of the year. Very good. I'm your host and GM, Ben Muxon. You can find me on Twitter at Glenatron, and you can find all the music from the show at crudelyformedcores.bandcamp.com. You can listen to the show on any podcast client. If you've got to hear without listening to the show, how are you even doing this? Whoa. With me, as always, are the Four Hawks. The Apocalypse. God damn it. I was going to say that. The Four Whoa. Hawks of the rapidly approaching Apocalypse. And they are, each of them with a comic recommendation, hmm? Stu. Uh, hi, I'm Tristan T. Wilde, the Bard, and I would recommend Stuart Lee. He's very funny. Check out his <laughs> Again, comments I was on do Brexit first. with regards to... I assume that's what we had to do, so I was just picking someone. His regards to Nessie. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> very funny. Oh, I should have said Ali. Damn it. That would have been good. Sorry, Alison. Well, yeah, I was thinking of the other kind of comic, but both work. I didn't know any comics. Oh, okay. Um, anything from 2000 AD would be my comic <laughs> choice. Rogue Trooper is great. Bad Company is solid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Great comic. Pete. Oh, no. Why do you always ask me? <laughs> <laughs> we all get asked every week. Uh, hi, I'm Pete. I play Adam Eagleank, the gunslinger. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MasterlessRam, where I very rarely talk about tabletop role-playing games. But sometimes. Uh, and your favourite comic? My favourite comic? I was going to say Stuart Lee, because he's great. Why is everyone so M.O.R. about these things? <laughs> it's weird that Stuart Lee is M.O.R. I think Stuart Lee he would really hate is. the fact that Stuart Lee is M.O.R. What the hell does M.O.R. mean? Middle of the road. Basically, every open oh, mic comic God is him. desperately trying to be Stuart Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's no. it. They can't be, though, because he's the king. Well, yeah, most of them are terrible no, when they do funny. that. But yeah, that's the problem. He's he's Fine. What do you want, Ali? Michael McIntyre, just because he's your favourite. <laughs> and you wish you were him. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that the spoon's in the spoon drawer? <laughs> <laughs> my, my comic recommendation is Tony Law. Better choice. He's very silly and crazy. Excellent. I've met him a bunch of times. And he keeps thinking he recognises me. And he probably does by um, now. Probably does by now, but yeah, because I know someone knows him. Ali. I'm Ali and I play Enigma. My comic recommendation would be, from the Edinburgh shows this year, I think your ideal ones were Paul Curry, who's incredible, um, uh, or Joss Norris's Blink, which I think really uh, shows a stepping up of his abilities in this particular year. But he also works with Ben Tarje and a few other people. Um, other than that, Bino. <laughs> Gwyn. Uh, hello, I'm Gwyn. I play Percival Cleft. Yeah, I don't have any recommendations. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Dougie's good. It really is. I'm not going to argue with that one. Yeah. Uh, I will always recommend this Paranormal Life podcast. Uh, that's the, that's the, the funniest podcast about. Yeah, and they're kind of a couple of they're kind of comics, comics, aren't they, really? Obviously, we have to plug our very own Ali Hancock, Captain Ali Hancock. Ali Hancock, Ali Ali Hancock, Ali Hancock, Ali Ali Hancock. Years ago, there was loads of students that kept singing that. <laughs> no, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, so old, none of the students remember it. But when I first started teaching, it was brand new, straight out of the box office. <laughs> it just came out, it was a big hit. <laughs> It was on that newfangled moving image device. <laughs> when last we saw our heroes, they had exercised Enigma and defeated the beast gods. Jargon. Casting their magic into the Antikythera. They had prepared in sundry ways for the arrival of the Drake, concluding with going to visit Ulumbria down in the south beneath the glacier of St. Castropalov. They entered the chamber and as Ulumbria opened the ice to receive the sword, Percy stabbed her to death with it. He administered the bard's kiss and I respect that. So I think this is where we pick up. You are in this big chamber in the ice 
one side has opened towards this figure that was only visible kind of through the ice, looking blurry and unclear. Now you could see its fragility. Percy has slain Ullumbriar. Oopsie. As the sword Kalanoia tears through the brittle body, there's a cracking sound like ice on a small pool, growing to a grinding, shattering sound and then rising to the thunder of an avalanche. The figure starts to glow, and a great burst of force tears through the room, throwing you from your feet. And then there's a second and a third, and with each pulse of power, the figure glows more brightly. So this cold blue radiance is filling all the ice around you, as though you're inside the sun, but it's not hot, it's just bitterly, bitterly cold. And then the walls shudder, chunks of ice fall from the ceiling, and it turns dark. The light is gone, and the sword is gone, and Ullumbriar is gone. What do you do? Hmm. Yeah, you did it, Percy! One foe down! <laughs> yeah, I, I... Yeah, that's probably what I needed to do, right? Yeah. Oldest trick in the book, and I gave him a clap on the back. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you. I knew we weren't going to play into Hector's plans. <laughs> yeah. Enigma, take out those two guards! It's killing time! <laughs> killing time! Killing time! We haven't stabbed anyone in the eyeballs for a while. Let's go! Yeah. I mean, Ullumbriar didn't really say that that's how it was going to happen, but a little warning would have been nice if you're listening out there. He's dead. I don't think she is. We just killed her with this sword. Well, where's the sword gone? (laughs) Has the sword gone? The sword has gone. Oh, that was kind of one of our best, most powerful items. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, maybe this was a bad plan. Hey, listen, it was that or tear the world apart by slamming it into the floor. At least that's out of the option. Yeah. uh, Chances now. What do the guards do when they see us murder their... Uh... The guards have kind of like been knocked to the floor. They're just kind of brushing themselves down and getting up. And then they're like looking at you and looking at the cavern. And then they just start running off back down the corridor. It's hard to t- see because it's like round a corner and out to the light. I'm going to shadow step and I'm going to take them out because otherwise they might... Yeah, we've got to... I want to shadow step behind them and just kind of appear and do double daggers into their backs. Whoa. Brutal. What? Why are we killing we, people? Because... Uh, fair, pl- it, fair play, Tristan. I know you're trying to get back to being, you know, nearly as good as me, but... It's more that we need to get this dealt with. Like me and Enigma running. Actually, me and Enigma running after them. But whoever kills them wins the best person. Have I got throwing knives? <laughs> you throw, and I'll teleport behind one and just stab him super quick. <laughs> what would what role would that be? Okay, so you're going after your allies. Okay, great. Only because if they go back and say that we've just killed Alan Briar, shit's gonna fall apart. Well, what, what? In times of war, Tristan steps up. It's too late, Percy. I've gone. What do you think is going to happen when we turn up and say, I've just killed Ullumbriar? You won't say that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have throwing daggers anyway. What's the ability? What? I, I reckon it's going to become pretty clear what's happened. Percy, I've gone. Pretty quick, whether these guys tell them or not. If any of your enemies have, like, a powerful magical connection to Ullumbriar, I would imagine they probably already know. That's what I'm worried about. And there was quite a loud avalanche sound. Also... Those waves of powers just went thundering through the whole glacier. I don't think we're keeping this under our hats. Have we just, and I think this is the term you use in this world, have we just nerfed all the Ice Watchers? Well, oh, don't worry, the guards, <laughs> the guards are fine. <laughs> I just teleport into the wall, crack, oh, I'm crying out loud. Enigma, you've really thrown me off my game. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> have, have we just nerfed all the Ice Watchers? think so it's cool we weren't using them percy mm. you, this is it adam you don't know percy very well he plays the long game yeah you were questioning him earlier saying oh maybe we shouldn't side with hector <laughs> hector's weak you're a weakling and percy's like no check this <laughs> percy always knows what he's doing now he's even weaker is this whole thing a power play is that yeah damn right <laughs> adam gets it Alan Kent, if we nerf all of our armies, yeah, that yeah. is going to show the Drake what's up. Yeah. We don't even need all these armies. In fact, we're going to get rid of one of them, just especially. Yeah, I mean, maybe the sword is still there. I'll go and have a little look around. Go and have a look around and see if the remnants of the sword still there. Okay, do you have a lantern? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it makes sense that you would. It kind of was your holy symbol. Yeah. Because it is now basically dark in here. When you light it up, the walls are different. Like, they're still ice walls, but they no longer look chipped or carved. They are now crystalline and angled, and the light runs along them in kind of gleaming facets. You see the space where Ullenbriar was, and within that space, there is nothing. Tristan, you've probably noticed this. Are you still with them in this hall? Yeah. Yeah, okay, you'll probably notice this. Percy's got two shadows. <gasps> Perfect! Two shadows. Um, Percy, raise your left hand for me, please. Mm, okay, but I'm, I don't have a question before you. <laughs> yes, Percy, how can I help? Um, <laughs> um, I high-five him. more of a comment than a question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I really walked into this one, didn't I, team? <laughs> what a bunch of cards you are. <laughs> um, what, what do the shadows do? Both shadows do look like his shadow, but they are not at the same angle. It's like they're being cast by different lights, but he only has one light. Okay, hey, can you guys see his second shadow there? Because... Look, look at your shadows and tell me if you can see two. And if you can't, then there's only one and you don't need to worry yourselves. <laughs> can I see two? Yeah, yeah, you can You can all see Percy's got two shadows and none of you have two shadows. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I... You know, that's, uh, that's what they used to call me back in yeah. in, in school. Old, uh, old cleft two shadows. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> didn't he always have two shadows? Yeah. I think yeah. he did, didn't he? I mean, I've never really checked. And he did in rooms with two lights, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, Matrix Vision. Yeah. yeah, I shall, but also, do I have two shadows? I'm going to look around. Guys, can you... Yeah, let's Matrix Vision, Percy. Good shout, Adam, good shout. Okay, give me a Musica Mundi. It's good to know that the Matrix is in your world as well. <laughs> Ooh, it's a okay. six... Oh, a 2,000 gold! Success. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're quite I took in. that out! I could have sworn I took that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it. This is it. No, sorry, this is technically discern realities, really. But you're using the music of Monty Power. So you get the questions. Ooh, I never get to do these. So, yeah, you have what happened here recently, what's about okay. to happen, what should I be on the lookout for, what here is useful or valuable to me, who's really in control here, Good question, what here one. is not what it appears to be. And that question. Okay, so you want to start, let's start with what here is not what it appears to be. When you go into Matrix Vision, Percy has a shadow. And there is something or someone else sharing Percy's space who also has a shadow. Okay, can they move in? Are they trapped in Percy's body? They seem to be Percy, but you can see that this is not just Percy. There is something else there. Okay, like a little glint in the eye. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's like imagine he had like a, an overlay in a different colour moving with him, but it's not only him. Because okay. you know what Percy normally looks like. Before we, uh, I want to. Uh, before we go on to the next one, I kind of want to see if I can communicate so that I only see that guy respond or woman respond. Hey, um, I don't know. I don't know how they would. Hey, hey, Tristan. Hey. No, uh, oh, no, nearly got me again. Then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Percy, don't blink your eyes. Why? Why not? Second person, blink your eyes. Yeah, you don't see them responding to that. Okay. I mean, now you make me want to blink my eyes. Yeah, you can I'm blink saying. now, it's fine. The, yeah. the, the, ghost, the ghost person inside you didn't respond to me, it's fine. Or maybe doesn't have eyes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Would it exercise me now as well? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but you do seem to have a, a friendly figure within you, so maybe it's just the power of Bull and Briar. Um, I'm pretty good with ghosts, actually. I'm going to just yeah inspect myself. That's a good point. Okay, that's a good idea. Yes. Yes. Search within yourself. You know it to be search true. Search your heart and search your soul. And when you find a ghost there, you'll search no more. <laughs> <laughs> no blades, no bows. <laughs> um, I don't know what the best move for that is. Ghost seer? Is that I, I, if you want to see a ghost, I feel like ghost seer <laughs> is probably a good option. <laughs> or it just pan It's such it. a literal title. You can interact with ghostly, insubstantial, and extra planar entities, including dealing damage to them. <laughs> uh, if they are possessing someone, though, you can't necessarily deal with them separately. Okay, well, I get a intermediate success on that, a seven. Yeah, you can see that there is a 
ephemeral figure that is sort of overlaying itself within you. You can feel it almost like a really quiet voice in the back of your head. Hmm. What you feel it saying is, where is my sword? Oh, um, I did have a word with uh, Ulumbriar before I came down, and I, I did make some form of offer whereby if I fell in battle, then um, they could inhabit uh, what was left of me. Um, so I assume that in killing her, then uh, she jumps into my body or something. Must be that. Are you telling us this? Yeah. Huh, who's these? I don't know. Well, they, they want to know where... Tristan, you've seen a lot of ice magic. This is not ice magic. Wait a second. That's not ice magic. I've seen <laughs> a lot of ice magic. Well, I, I think it's saying... Um, that nice try, Percy. She wants a sword. I'm going to charming and open, Percy. Who's really in control here, Percy? Who's really inside you? Speak or forever hold your tongue. I'll take the second option, thanks. Percy mm. is entirely in control. This situation currently, Percy is in control of fully. Oh, okay. Yes, well, well I'm, in con- I'm in control, Tristan. I, I, uh, I think there... Continue. I am wearing something of a ghost onesie. What I can, yeah. I can see. <laughs> if you're in control, I'm happy. I trust you. I mean, there is a whisper at the back of my head asking for, for the sword, so... I mean, it was on Briar's sword, though, right? So... Maybe you gave it to her in a really cool way, might I add. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's pissed off. Like, I respect the hell out of that. If you're going to kiss someone, kiss them like a bard. <laughs> not, I'm not sure I'd call that a kiss. Don't you like call him a bard? Yeah, a lot of people don't think that's what's coming when I say I'm going to kiss them, but, you know. <laughs> Stab! We have established yeah. yesterday that Tristan's a virgin. Yeah, this is true. For that. <laughs> Dear listener, that's a lie. <laughs> Dastardly <laughs> lie. That's the one thing my character has is that I boned a lot in this in this, this thing, this podcast. Who was the bone king? Um, what was the other question? So you've got what happened here recently. Well, probably no. What's about to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or valuable to me? I guess what is about to happen. And this is in charming and open. No, no, no. That was just. Oh, right. That was that last one. We did that. I mean, you get to ask me a question I can't lie about now. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think we know where it's um, going. Do we? Are you not going to ask him if he's a virgin? No. <laughs> I thought that was the deal. So, you know, we can't lie. Yeah, exactly. So the answer would be, hell no, dog. I mean, you can save it. Oh, save it. And then you've got, you. I, I owe you one. Uh, we can call it that. Nah. <laughs> you know, because I wouldn't. We're just, we're just building new mechanics now and I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just literally, well, maybe not quite kill myself if Percy asked me to, but, you know, if it was for the good of the Hawks, I'd consider it. Consider killing someone else for the good of the Hawks. That's you. I'm the self-sacrificing one. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that I Yeah, who's in, to... let's do the what's, hap- what's happening next with all this crazy magic. Okay, what's about to happen? You can hear, like... No, I will ask, uh, I will ask Tristan a question that he can't lie about. Oh, oh no. When you were speaking to Ambithorax, yeah, what exactly did you say to him? In regards to... In the, the deals that you made. I didn't make any deals. He tricked me. We know this. Okay, what was the nature of the trick? In fairness, I, you know, I was a bit annoyed at the GM for this because he tricked me OC as well as IC. I was mooching along and I was just playing my guitar and the trees started to respond and I expressly said, does this sound like he's going to trick me somehow? And Ben said, no, go crazy, Tristan. And so I did. And it turned out it was a trick. So I was double trick. He didn't say it wasn't a trick. He says, does it sound like a trick? No, I, there's something beforehand when you listen to the episode. I clearly say something mm. like, uh, I don't know. But basically, traps. yeah, he just, um, I was, I was just trying to get home. I was just trying to get okay. back home. And um, in what way did he... He trick you. I, I get that he tricked you, um, and that you are pissed off about it in some kind of OC way. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I was playing. When I noticed that the trees uh, had a bit of the music to them, so I was trying to tap into that and trying to get uh, sort of tap in and work out what was going on in an effort mm-hmm. to get back. But unfortunately, he was also tapping into me. We had a bro tap off and. It's not. It, it was a tag because I can now tap into him. But yeah, he can tap into the music a bit more now. Into the music or into you? 
Or both. Uh, into the music. Okay. Oh, it, was, it was legit. I mean, it's not like the consumer. Look, if I turn down the consumer, I'm going to turn down Amphorax. Come on. <laughs> I'm a trustworthy guy. I'm just a little dishonest sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can hear what sounds like some shouting outside this tunnel, Tristan. You think what's going to happen is some people are going to ask you some questions about what happened just now. I mean, what I really want to do is find out if there's any way that I can sort of somehow make us invisible or hard to see, given that I've used that kind of thing before, so that it can look like we've disappeared and then we can kind of sneak out rather than have an awkward conversation. Ooh, I need that in real yeah, life. Yeah, I... No, I've, I've done something like that before, like... You have done that, I believe, with Music of Monday. I think you can... Yeah. You can conceal yourself against the background music. You can at least magically conceal yourself. Ooh, maybe I'll kind of drop some magical darkness or something. Let's roll on Music of Monday and see what I can do. We'll, we'll discuss after I make the roll. Just to give us a little bit of breathing space before... Oh, he's... We're so rich! <laughs> I kind of want to somehow, like, any torches that they they come in with holding up I want to sort of bend the light so it bounces off the walls and just kind of turns us into a slightly shimmery as long as we huddle I'm like guys huddling quick you can also gather darkness that's another of your moves oh nice well let's take that roll that I've just done yeah you can snuff out small flames or other light sources in your presence or cause large fires to dim by concentrating on them Oh, nice. Okay. I'm just going to extinguish their torches. Okay, so Tristan creates this bubble of concealment in the magical harmony. It makes you not invisible, but harder to see, and invisible to magical senses. Guys, to the quick, along this wall. Let's, let's shimmy before it goes tits up. So, you're concealed in this space, and you see people with torches coming in. A fairly large group of Ice Watchers coming in. Priests... And then with them comes Hector. And Hector's like, Percy, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Damn it. Shh, <laughs> shh, Percy, shh. They don't know we're hiding in this magical darkness bubble. He kind of looks around and his eyes set on you. He's like, ah, there you are. What What happened, man? Oh, well, um, I came to uh, inspect Ulumbriar. Um, and make deal with her. Um, and I, I think I was uh, exuberant. I think we've we've completed on that deal. She's not bound in the same way as she was before. Uh, but yes, the lights above the glacier have gone. The flames above yes. just gone, and I can't yes, feel that, her right. connection. Well, she's part of the world now, which is where she needs to be to help fight the, the fire. Um, but she has left something of a shadow or something. On, on me. I mean, it was Ullumbriar that owned the sword. It was, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... What's her sword? M must be, it was her sword, so part of her then. Absolutely, yes. An essential part. Yes, yeah, so so I think she's still bound in a way, but in a way that is more easily carried to battle. That might explain this. And he, like... Stabs me in the stomach. <laughs> I was just saying, just <laughs> runs you through. Classic Hector. <laughs> He holds up his shield, and it looks normal, and then you can see that it's kind of glowing like the northern lights. And he's like, if I focus this, I can almost make the wall out there. Wow. Well, something's changed about my shield. Well, there we are. I think that must have been you. Well, um, in a manner of speaking, uh, I think it was probably the release of, of Ulumbriar, but ah. I think this means that um, our the, the power that she had... Um, where she was bound and uh, it was being sort of tapped away from her. It's it's just out there in the world. Uh, and she's made good on her promise to aid us against the, the fire. It will be worth it after all. Hmm. Well, this is a change, Percy, but I think it might be for the best. Yes, well, it's, it's obviously... If I'm to be a shield, then this is, this is the shield that I should be. Precisely. Can I just double-check Matrix Vision on that shield to make sure it's not Amberforax playing a trick? This is... All the ice magic that Percy's ghost presence isn't. Okay, cool. It's just when you said uh, Northern Lights, I'm like, mm, yeah, almost consumer-esque. Okay, cool, cool. The stage is set for the ultimate battle between order and chaos. Shut up, Adam! <laughs> <laughs> You're meant to be hiding! <laughs> <laughs> you just blown our cover! <laughs> no, you didn't. It was cool. <laughs> I, I, I can hear you yelling there, Tristan, actually. <laughs> 
God damn it, Adam! I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, I the... pissed all over your cool thing. <laughs> Say it again and we'll all be like, whoa. <laughs> Just think of the music you can make about this. The ultimate, yeah. ultimate <gasps> power ballad. Yeah. Real ultimate power ultimate ballad. Power. <laughs> Limited responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to your surprise, Percy, Hector doesn't seem as put out as you might expect and appears to see it as part of the great plan. Mm-hmm. What do you do after this? Do you make your way back to Arishar? I think so, yeah. I want to sort of explore that voice that's talking to me. Yeah, for sure. Can I talk back to it? To start with, you don't get any clear message from it beyond where is my sword and when you focus you can hear that call so when you get back to Arishar what do you do to kind of research it or to seek it out more deeply? Um, I think it's probably playing on that spiritual connection. Oh what you get after a while is a feeling that it's not the sword that it wants it wants a sword Mm, okay um, I will take myself off to an armory and try out a bunch of swords until it seems happy. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, as soon as you have your hands on a sword, the whispering ceases, but you feel better with the sword than you ever have before. Absorbed into an energy. <laughs> and maybe you do a bit of sparring with one of the other knights, and they simply can't hit you. <laughs> like somehow your sword is in the way wherever they go. It's as though there is something of an extremely good duelist about your style. My sword is as if it is without master. It is almost like... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is disaster! Um, I will go and see if I can get... Uh, I'll test out a few swords to see which one feels yeah. most comfortable with this... Uh, with my ghostly onesie piloting me. Yeah, and what, what one does, do you think? I imagine it's going to be something that's probably a bit more rapier-like, a bit more... Yeah. You know, something along those lines. Yeah, something a bit of a basket hilt or something. Yeah, more, yeah, a, a dueling sword. Yeah. Um, and then I will get the uh, priests and priestesses that deal with artificing to knock up one of those. Nice. I wonder if... A combination of Ellen Farnside inspired by thinking that I could try and power up Percy's sword. I wonder if we could do something that I could kind of amplify through her magic by effectively enchanting the blades of the armies. Try and instill some of the magic of the world into Percy's sword that will then kind of boost it to the swords of the army. If not the army, then I'll at least try and boost Percy's sword. So one of the things you have her group working on was arrows that would draw siphon magic towards the Antikythera. Oh yeah, we mean like arrowheads. Harpoons. Yeah, ar- arrowheads to draw power away. The ice cube arrows, yeah. The ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> you have to crack them out of the ice tree. So you have those. I think they use one of those like rocket lollies. Is there a bit pointier? And strawberry. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I guess if I could do something to the swords, or at the very least I'll do it to Percy's. You start working on like connecting the harmony of Percy's sword to other swords. And at some point during the few days you're working on this, Hector is actually passing and he says, Ah, we had some brooches to help with that. They assisted maintaining command structure and the next time you see him a couple of hours later, he hands you a couple of brooches that are based on a type of garnet that has this particular harmony to it. And you're able to give these to the artificers as well. Yeah, actually, nice try, Hector. I'm not going to fall for your ice watcher traps and I cast them into the fires. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. No, continue. What they enable is some of the duelist spirit that Percy carries to be shared with others. So those bearing these weapons are defended by the duelist spirit. So the jewels convey the duelist. That's right, yes. That's where duelist comes from, because they (laughs) love jewels. Obviously. So 
you have some cool magic swords. What do you want from this rapier? What do you want to get from it? Is there anything specific you, you're looking to be able to do? Yeah, so I think that what would be cool um, if Tristan has almost like tempered it with this uh, with his Music Monday things, then yes. I would like to add in a bit of spiritual connection there. So it's almost like a sort of ghost sword. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it cuts through magic and physical things as easily. Yeah, so there's a bit more of a connection with the duelist, but also like some of these moves that I might normally do on spirits, um, I kind of want those to be able to be sort of discharged through the sword. Okay, cool. Um, so, and I'm thinking for that in particular, that is probably the most relevant. Is probably going to be the abjuration. So right, yeah. that is going to be basically a sort of blade of exorcism or like banishment. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is assuming that, yeah, it's, so it is the duelist that's within it, isn't it? So yeah. um, that also fits with the the concept of you know, that original thing of having a blade so sharp it could cut through concepts yeah. of reality and things like that. That sort of thing. Give a little bit of that back. Yeah. But not so uh, untempered as it would destroy all of reality, which is what uh, I think my uh, little peek into the future told me might happen at one point. But the sword you realise that about is gone now. Yeah. Okay, so I've also added a duelist move to move there. Yeah, I think I, I liked the the ice sword was good because you could do interesting things with it because it was just fairly sort of open and you can make yeah. icy sort of effects. And I think in a way. This one probably needs to be something similar, but on, in terms of like cutting things up. Yeah, more a spiritually or spiritually aligned. Yeah, like super sharp. Yeah. Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, so yeah, Percy has this unbelievably sharp rapier. Yeah, which obviously is a bit weird for a rapier because you, you only have a really stack with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't picture Percy in all of his armor using a rapier really. Maybe it could be like a. A balance of the two. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of like the later period, like Claymore type ones, where it's a basket hilt, but it's still a relatively broad blade. A sabre uh, more than yeah. a rapier, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a sabre type thing. Yeah, yeah, go on, let's say a sabre. So, the Smiths have been working with this charming man, Tristan. <laughs> Morrissey. To, um, <laughs> the Smiths have been making swords and handing them out to people have you decided where you want to place your troops i assume that you've got the bows going are you putting those up on the walls on the towers troops on the walls bows on the floor old school they'll never see it coming old school it, it, it's breaking with tradition <laughs> and that's what yeah. makes it smart that's why it's so clever just remove all the safety rails from the walls <laughs> just pack them with people. It'll make people more careful. Yeah, it will, thank you. Yeah, people fight harder when they've got nowhere to escape to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to escape to the safety rails anyway. Quick, get to the safety rails. We'll be fine. Oh, the safety rails. The hint's in the name. So I know that Enigma was planning to place the Dwarven Army, the Deep Shield, up on the north side of the city around the temple to guard Ramniland's rise. rise. Ooh, I mean, this is something Adam was saying about who was going to command what. I feel like, yeah, we should each take command over someone. Yeah. And if Enigma's got the dwarves, mm. I am quite famously, more famously it could be argued than Enigma, the archer, despite the fucking bow she got. <gasps> I've got two bows, actually. <laughs> Enigma got a magic bow. Well, why don't you let me use the cool hunt? Oh no, I can make a magic belt, be fine. I'll take over the bowman, because I'm a bowman. Okay, um, so which group do you think? I feel like Percy probably belongs with the church knights. It's a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah, that just doesn't scan with his character. We also have the Drakengard. That feels like an Adam. And we have the Ice Watchers, which does feel quite, per quite Tristan. What, the Ice Watchers? Yeah. Like, you've made an enemy into a friend. <gasps> oh yeah. 
but I also, yeah, I suppose the bowmen are just going to sit on the walls. But yeah, I, I, the bowmen, wherever they are, this, this might be like a mixed group of archers anyway, yeah, okay. I think. I didn't know if Percy wanted to be with his church knights, because he's the commander of them. Yeah. yeah, that was my assumption, that as Knight Commander, Percy's with the Church Knights. That leaves you the Dragon Guard. Nice, that fits. Adam. Dude. Dude. <laughs> that was the Dragoon Guard, but there's a few of them there. Dude Monsoon made it here. Dude Monsoon is here? You're joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was who was, who was uh, explaining lotion to you. Dude. 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 One of the very few Dragoon Guard survivors. Sounds like he'd be friends with my LARP character, Brad Muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Dude Monsoon and Brad Muscles. <laughs> yeah, so, who are you going to station where? So, Tristan and his archers on the walls. Oh, the Ice Watchers. Well, I figure the archers know what they're doing on the walls anyway, and Enigma yeah. and I can sort of, we'll take half each. Okay. So, Percy, are you going to put your troop... Who wants to be centrally guarding the Antikythera? Is there, like, a, an archetype for each of these units? I'm assuming the Church Knights are, like, plated fighters of some sort, are they? Yeah, they're quite plated plated male type. The Dragon Guard are mostly experienced mercenaries, but if you have an idea for the type of units you want them to have, just say it. Like, all of these groups have a bunch of different units. There's quite a lot of magical units among the Ice Watchers as well, Tristan. Yeah, I imagine they would be a bit more magic-y. Yeah. And then the Dragon Guard would be a bit more ninja-y. Yeah. To be fair, if the, if the Ice Watchers have means of communication, we're going to want some of that magic up on the wall to help bolster the archers. Oh yeah, definitely. So the ranged guys, like half of the ranged guys on the wall and then half on the floor, maybe. Yeah, okay, so... I feel like... Percy and that lot should be the main, the last... Yes, Adam, how can I help? There's there's one other asset that we have, which we've not mentioned, which is the line breakers. I guess we don't know how many they are. Yeah, mm. they're, they're pretty small, but they are around. Are they really good assassins? Because they could basically... They're pretty try handy and... assassins, yeah. Yeah, let's get them to go out and kill, like, people we don't want. Okay. He... <laughs> the ultimate assassination attempt, their own leader. Yeah, okay. So I think we have the Deep Shield on the northern headland. We have the archers and probably a bunch of the Dragon Guard up on the wall. Mm -hmm. We have the Church Knights around the Antikythera, around the platform side of the city, do we think? Probably initially, I guess we'd have a like a, a small unit around the Antikythera, just as sort of spotters yeah. or whatever. But... As there's, what, a bunch of armies coming from the south, effectively, and then yeah. they've got to crash into this wall. And the only thing that's going to be different to that is probably the dragon coming in. Then it would yeah. be a bit weird to stick an army mm. just out the way. Yeah. Um, we'd probably just want some, like, a, a runner so and them to be positioned yeah. so that they can quickly get there if something else happens, you know, if people start porting okay. into the city or something cool. like that. So I think they would... They would probably be set up um, like these ordinary entrance points yeah. um, where the door is um, and the where the canal once was. You know, the, the obvious yeah. breach points is where they would be set up to reinforce. Um, yeah. So they've then got these like quick um, means of getting up to the Antikythera if needed. So um, Percy, should we fill the or break the, the entrances down so it's just rubble so they have to try and climb up it rather than walk through? I appreciate one's quite easy to defend, but might be worth making it harder. I mean, at least, yeah, at, at least one of them we would want to do that too, wouldn't we? We yeah. want one that's controlled. Funnel through I, one, yeah. Because we're going to want a unit of sorts to go out there and potentially we want to do two things. We've sort of um, set up all of those houses and things to be yeah. uh, to, to burn up, so we want that to be triggered. Um, but also, if they sort of come through that, and uh, we then want to hold them at the walls uh, sort of long enough, so that we can let the line breakers go out and pick off key individuals, yeah. and, or perhaps they are doing that in the chaos of like the smoke. Yeah. Also, if the dragon guard have their ships, if we position them to the east, so that anyone that is not destroyed by the um, buildings on fire on the west tries to attack 
uh, the walls and we can slow them down long enough that they can be firing in from the east. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the Dragon Guard have ships on the east. Maybe have a bunch of archers on their ships as well. They probably make good people to have to make fast units setting traps and getting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, we don't want the Drake to just come in and burn them all and sink all the ships. That's the risk of ships on the east side. I would have thought that they'd thought that ahead, so their ships have got to be at least a bit dragon-protected. Oh, they're as dragon-protected as you can make a thing that's made of wood. I might be able to give some kind of concealing with the magic. I don't know. Also, I mean, we we might risk just, like, these five armies at the bottom. We might be risking just giving them a fleet that they just then bypass the city with and go to the... Yeah. The top bit, because what they're after actually isn't really in the city. Oh, well, the Antikythera is, I guess, but... The um, the dragon. Oh, he's going to wake up anyway, though, isn't he? Yeah. We should probably tell him what's coming. Yeah, and so where are the hawks going to be? On top of the main wall. Oh, we need to have a moment kind of looking down all the preparations, don't we? Kind of with the sun yeah, going down yeah. behind us. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay. So, so like the sun's lighting up the walls... And you can see the preparations. Some of the smith enchanters and the dwarven artificers have been building massive reinforced gates that can be like slammed into place once people have retreated into the city. You've got the bows have all been mounted up along the walls. Are you placing them all round? Are you focusing towards the east where you think the drake will come from? Cover all bases. It can Cover fly bases. so it can yeah, easily see yeah. the east and fly to the west. Yeah. I guess on each each of the natural large platforms makes yeah. sense. So those are like tall towers around the city. It's almost like the city's a palm of a hand and then you've got towers for each finger and those are kind of the tops of the towers. That's a really good place for them. And so we see the hawks on the gate tower looking down across the city and these final preparations and a kind of quiet hubbub. It's not so... In the past, it's been quite loud, but now it's a bit subdued because people know that trouble's coming. The people of the city have already made their way to safety. You only have combatants here. What's this moment in this evening like? I, talking about myself, I'm in my traditional red again, (gasps) season one red. My hair slightly cut back. I've now, and you're going to like this, I've got slung across my back my old traditional guitar, what? except the strings are Musica Mundi magic. Oh, have you wow, made yourself cool. just a big red target? I have made myself a big red target and I've tattooed fuck you Banbury on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also managed, and I've decided this is fine, I've managed to harness the magic enough that my, I've got my two short swords, two glowing green short swords with the energy rippling through and they're, they're constantly there now waiting to just be drawn out. Okay, cool. And I stand there, wind, hair blowing in the wind as I stare majestically, striking a pose. Yeah, and the setting sun just reflects off the golden statue of Tristan and onto you somehow, projecting an image of you onto yourself. (laughs) In fact, maybe I've had someone working so that to the east there is a big finger pointing (laughs) at the Yeah, the sculpture has been reshaped, so you're just giving the bird. Actually, I might fill it with some kind of explosive so that as soon as... Because Banbury's going to be pissed at that. Yeah, (laughs) That's going to piss Banbury off, so I'm going to set something up there that will at least try and wound him. Like a flashbang or something. I love the idea that Tristan's response is to fill his own building with explosives. Yeah, damn right. Go out the way I came into this world. Explosively. Well, your poor mother. My mother did not enjoy it. How is everyone else looking in preparation? I think um, I'm probably uh, I'm, I'm along the top of that wall, kind of just limbering up. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of practicing of kind of my fighting moves. I'm doing like cartwheels and flips, but at the same time swinging my uh, nunchucks round. Basically, it's a, it's a beautiful display of gymnastic ability. And uh, that light that was flashing on Tristan for some reason starts flashing onto me. Because I am the greatest. Mm. Okay, cool. Like, you start swinging these nunchucks and they've been improved. In fact, you've got entirely new nunchucks, I think, for these purposes. Cool. Solid um, gold. 
they, they've got diamonds on, they're like a mirror ball, they're extremely annoying. Yes. <laughs> um, That's how it's catching my sunlight. Disco apocalypse. Yeah. I, I like the idea that Enigma's like doing these flips and she's like swinging the nunchucks and she lands and she's got the bow in her hand, she takes a shot, she does another somersault and there's somehow nunchucks in her hands again. Yeah. It looks extremely cool. I mean, it's not much good for fighting or anything, but it looks good. No, it's extremely decorative. It's kind of almost like the acrobatic wire work you would get on a really dramatic stage production. Yes. Absolutely no use at all, but looks great. <laughs> to be fair, the soldiers below can see this and they're like, whoa, they're inspired. He's so much better than that guy. <laughs> That's what they're Every saying. Every time I throw her a freaking bone. <laughs> get your boner out of here. This is why you can't do it. And uh, boners for everyone. <laughs> How does Adam look? Um, so Adam's currently uh, got uh, you know, his coats on a on a coat hang, coat stand with his hat, uh, and he's in a smithy. And one of the big like surfboard-sized swords that the uh, the dragon <laughs> guard have given him, like he's he's like adapted that down to be a glaive, like he's used to, and he's sharpening oh, cool. the sharpening that the blade. Wax that is it. cool. I, I like the idea of Adam as like goth cloud strife. Yeah. Is, uh... he, <laughs> is he looking down and every now and again you can just see him look up and you just see the brim of the hat, his eyes underneath the brim of the hat as he checks the east and then goes back to scraping. <laughs> yeah. I'd assumed all of this was in silhouette. I really assumed you were in silhouette the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. by that I mean the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you hear the bellows in the smithy go, and you just see an orange glow that lights up Adam's eyes and then, like, yes. fades back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, like the baddie in uh, Willy Fogg. Uh, not Willy like that, Fogg? no. I, wasn't, I was thinking much more atmospheric than that. Yeah. Uh, what about Percy? I think Percy's probably sort of picked up his fancy show plate. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's adapted it a little bit for the climate um, over the weeks. So it's a little bit more maneuverable and duly yeah. rather than just big slugging set of metal um, and will have I think probably will have organised with Tristan and just um, sort of said to Tristan um, you know it's the night before everything happens so when we were last year before we were setting off you, you did a gig for the, everyone that was in the city I mean it's just us now but maybe you can repeat that for a while and um, we'll gather the hawks together um, sort of up on the, just where the gig happened last time in front of the Antikythera. Yeah. And, uh, and Tristan can do a little intimate gig. Nice. Yeah, very nice. What songs did Tristan lead off with? God gave rock and roll to him. <laughs> yeah, basically, all, all the hits. All, all the hits. A class, the, um, the Enigma song, the, uh, the song about the wall. The long way from Malibu. I think Tristan's sitting there playing his playing some noodling on his guitar and he's like, you know when I first found you guys, I was looking for the new sound. I never thought I'd actually find the new friends. <laughs> <laughs> True melody. I love you guys. Even Enigma. I love all of you. Even this new guy Adam. <laughs> we love you too. It's been an honor to serve with you. And as you're playing, like, other people appear out of the dark and just sit down and start listening into this music, listening into these songs, you know, nights people have been helping, and you see four figures appear out of the darkness, almost for a moment, like a mirror silhouette. Ooh, and then they step, yeah. and you see it's the Falcons. Wow. And Dan DiTaraglio is there, along with Bedivere Coombe and Campari Looms. And Miss Teak. <laughs> and, and the dandy gives you a slow nod and just sits down and is just listening to the music. They're all listening to Tristan play these songs long into the night. Fires burn low. As Rob yeah. Sausage cooks his wares. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. The smell of sausage, sausage meat. Walked over the <laughs> whole <laughs> city <laughs> somehow. He's, that's it. <laughs> he's franchised he's franchised out and there's braziers with just free sausages everywhere <laughs> they are ready for breakfast the next made morning. for by our magic mm. well this is a this is an oldie but uh, 
Well, it's an oldie where, where more I come from. Knew <laughs> 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 <You> it! <laughs> One last breakfast before the end of the world. One last breakfast. To rule them all and in the darkness <laughs> fight them. One sausage to rule them all. Onion rings oh. of power. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck tomorrow, everybody, and for whatever comes in the in the coming days. Um, it's been an honour to take this journey with you. Uh, once the once the action starts, uh, if we need to fall back and regroup, then this is where we'll uh, where we'll find our way to. This really needs to be the last place that we're we're defending. So, I really hope to see all of you here at some point, unless we manage to, to hold the perimeter. But. Uh, um, if it comes to being here, then I hope that everybody makes it. And uh, thank you for being part of this. A big old hawk hug. <laughs> if not here, I'll see you at the Black Gates. Smoke me a kipper. <laughs> yes. We'll be around for breakfast. <laughs> Cook me a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Sizzle me a sausage. Hawks. <laughs> It's been sausage to know you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's been a long, long journey, guys. Awkward silence for the next ten hours. <laughs> yeah, we just sort of sit again. Well, we've kind of said all our goodbyes now. We've we've just said nice things. To, I mean, what do we? I guess. Wait, I sing a quiet song about boots as well, the memory of boots. And I, I, yeah, I think we'll sing the song about the last song that Tristan plays will be about the wall. And then it kind yeah. of, and I'd like to think in true Star Wars fashion, you see like a little shimmering outline of boots and maybe like Hannah Gulch with her arm around. Because <laughs> we're ice watchers now. So I sing about yeah, Hannah. Gramps and uh, <laughs> hmm? all, all your, all your friends rather. from the wall. Yeah. yeah. Boots meant a lot to you, didn't, didn't she, Tristan? Yeah, she did. Didn't She'll be saw... one I'll be looking for in the next world, in the next life, assuming this all goes all wrong. Yeah, I, I've got somebody, I've got somebody back where I come from. You'll see them again. I hope I'll see you again. You will. If it takes me smashing that river to get you back home, I will make sure you. That's get not it. how the river works. <laughs> you don't know that though. Your king never told you. The king of the underworld. <laughs> You'll be going back home at the end of this, Adam. I assure you of that. I have a queen. I serve a queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you've been lying this whole time. Oh, the truth comes out now. Draper an arm over, over Adam. I hug him back. You're a hawk now, son. <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> Don't touch me. Yeah, well, if, if you ever make it to Sakavalon. Far, far in the future. There's a place at the table. Adam, I can barely even say it. <laughs> Carvalon, I hardly know her. <laughs> yeah, so no one can stop time. So the night is passing and slowly the eastern sky starts to glow with the as the sun begins to rise, the sky greys behind the smudge of the royal. And then the morning comes with a red dawn as the black clouds now reach a long tendril towards the city, riding the slipstream of dark wings. The drake is coming. running for parliament in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> no it's clear that any old idiot can get in yeah so let's have a crack well, at it might as well be us how hard can it be the ikea cabinet if not <laughs> us then who if not 2023 then when <laughs> <laughs> exactly that that's this very is our much, time this is what everyone's thinking yeah we're all in our like 40s which is kind of being an mph
Yeah. <laughs> We've got, got to get through MPs in 40s to 50s, so in 60s to 70s we can be lords quaffing uh, whiskey and smoking cigars in the House of Lords. Totally quaff. Brilliant. I could yeah. quaff the heck out um, of some whiskey. That'd be great. <laughs> I might have to go Tory just for the decadence. You know, <laughs> like, you, you're not going to have as much fun. Like, you can do more good as Labour or Green or Lib Dem, but you've just got to have the most fun as a Tory. I, I I just, you picked a great time to, to make that decision. Trick, but you've got, it's hard to get yeah. in. Oh, well, yeah, maybe, this, is, yeah. this is the thing, like, uh, anyone, the Tories are desperate now. You could turn them into a hard left party at this point. I could take a bribe. A bunch of, a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of <laughs> old confused grands will vote for anyone called Tory. They don't know what they stand for. <laughs> I sent you a picture of Paul Kerry and he doesn't look as funny as I would have thought. He's really, he really good. He, it. like, he, he's, uh, he's, he, it's, it's all a bit sort of chaos and a bit silly and... Um, yeah, he's, he's basically. I got pulled up on stage in his show last time, and it was brilliant. There you go. <laughs> I don't think he's as funny as you're selling him as Enigma. That's not. Program for the foundations of law and constitutional government biography. Yeah. Dr. Paul E. Kerry is a supernumeracy research and teaching fellow at the University of Oxford. It's left field it's, that he's gone it into is. comedy. I mean, the thing is that a lot it. of comedy is now using quite clever concepts, but turning True. that on its head. And I think that's really when you find intellectual comedy is when it is, yeah. it is prepared to do dick yeah. jokes about, you know, numeracy. Yeah. Numbers and dick jokes. Quantum entanglement. We're going to have to try and tag him uh, on Twitter. I'm going to see if he's got a page. <laughs> Does he have a page? And oh, he's on Gwyn. Twitter. Oh, anyway, Are you Gwyn. now fat. going to, like, because you misheard a guy, you're going to start stalking some poor dude? No, I'm going to tag him. Say you're in this episode. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> what, the law professor or the comedian? The law professor, obviously. Obviously. Great. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's on LinkedIn and YouTube. Perfect. Okay, let's wait, stop the law talking professor, a law yeah. professor. He's going to. Oh no, wait, that's University us. of Oxford links, not the ones to his particular links. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, right. We'll find him. We'll get him. Don't okay, worry. you two, shut up. We've only got a little time to get this episode done. Right through your mouthful of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. The, the listeners love it when I've got my mouth stuffed with. Uh, it's like the Twiglets episode. Man, you <laughs> yeah. know, fans are always like, that Twiglets episode. What an episode. <laughs> you know what he calls I like Twiglets? Twiglets. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> okay, do you want to ask that question again with not a mouthful of pizza? Maybe Leonard Glank will make an appearance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little goblin. <laughs> oh, man, if we could cameo all the characters that have survived that we've ever played. Can't remember them. <laughs> Longtooth. I could be Longtooth again. <laughs> I, like, I don't think that's I how like Longtooth talks. I don't know. Longtooth was a bit more gruffly Russian. Yes, because he sounded a bit like Bolo. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and then that annoyed me, so I had to change his voice. Oh, I can't remember the worm. Oh, no. <laughs> to be a traitor. Hi, you guys. I can't remember. <laughs> I like listening back because it's funny because Ben started the voice first, but I got all the credit. <laughs> I'm a worm. <laughs> Amazing. Worm is so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a rabbit. rabbit. I'm a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> that was some of the most fun being able to just go, how many voices can I do? <laughs> Two. How dare you? <laughs> there was at least three that sounded slightly similar. Gwyn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Air high five. Yeah, yeah very good. Very yeah. good. So. These dickheads don't get it. They never will. They'll never be mythic. We'll never be mythic. And, and also, we don't even care. That's what really sucks. <laughs> whoa, whoa, where's this coming from, <laughs> Ben? Unnecessary. You would care if you had the games we have. I have no interest in your Lolita pleasures. Right, I am going to uh, upload some of my videos for you to watch. <laughs> and then you'll see. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. And also, don't diss Lolita. Yeah. Wait, no, Lolita. Oh, no, Lolita is a good one. I was thinking of Layla.